Well, good evening, everybody. And Merry Christmas to everyone. Praise be to God. I'm glad that we all get to be a family here and come together, Gospel Saving Church, and we get to honor the Lord with a special Christmas message for 2014. I I love this uh, this time of the year. It's such a special time of the year to me, together with my family and with my friends, and and just share love and just share what Jesus did for us. So if you just guys want to join me in a word of prayer, please, and we'll ask the Lord to bless our service. And Lord. Thank you so much for all you do for us, Lord. Thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus coming down to earth and dying for us on the cross and paying our sin penalty. We're so thankful, Lord God, that even way before that, you you sent him to earth to be born in the flesh of a man. How amazing is that? Lord, we love you and we praise you. I thank you for all that you've done for us. and ask that you bless this time together, Lord, and bless this little message, Lord. And may it be honoring and may it glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, anyway, I hope everybody out there is having a wonderful time with their family and friends this beautiful Christmas day. The very day we choose to celebrate the birth of the mighty King Jesus. Now we all know this is probably not the day he was really born almost 2,000 years ago, but it is the day that we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, just like we celebrate President's Day in America. We don't celebrate each President's Day as each individual day they were born, but we have one day a year that we celebrate each President's birthday all in one time, and that's kind of how we celebrate Jesus. We celebrate him one day of the year, and this is that day. This is my most favorite time of the year because I am reminded of the sacrifice God made for us by coming into our world as a newborn baby. Just think of it. He, Jesus Christ, the creator of the world, everything in it and everyone on it, he humbled himself by wrapping himself in human flesh to become as a human being to save us from our sins that is incredible bible tells us that he came for two main reasons number one to show us the path to eternal life by his teaching of course and he fulfilled prophecy in this isaiah 9 chapter 9 verses 1 and 2 the bible says nevertheless the gloom will not be upon her who is distressed as when at first he lightly esteemed the land of zebulun and the land of naphtali And afterward, more heavily oppressed her by way of the sea beyond the Jordan and Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. This would be Christ. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. So Jesus brought us his light, brought us his truth, brought us the teaching on how we are to attain eternal life through his teachings. And of course, that was the fulfillment of prophecy about Eight to nine hundred years before Christ lived, Isaiah wrote that. He penned those words from God. And the second reason he came, he came to become a sac- the sacrificed Passover lamb that was slain or killed to make atonement for our sins, to purchase us back from sin and death, to offer redemption to all the world of humanity. And he also fulfilled prophecy within this. Isaiah 53, 
Verse 10, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief, speaking of the Messiah, when you make his soul an offering for sin. So number one, he gave us to give, he came to give us the accurate directions to eternal life by his teaching. And number two, he came to die uh, the sinner's death, although he committed no sin, to make atonement for our sins, to give us everlasting life, to offer it to us. And guess what? He did it all because of his love for us. That's the only reason. We were his motivating thought when he went to the cross and he died for our sins. I hope his birth, you know, his death and his resurrection is your motivation for celebrating Christmas, of course. The only reason we even have Christmas the way we have it today is because of Christ's birth into this world. I hope your motivation for celebrating Christmas is not commercial or for material reasons that people who don't love God in this world have made up. Because when we celebrate Christmas for any material reasons or any commercial reasons, then we're really not giving honor and glory due to the one that came to give his life for us. Christmas is about the greatest gift anyone could ever give. God giving himself a sacrifice for us so we could make peace with him. Christmas is about 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he, God, made him Christ Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Wow. What an incredible gift that God has given us. Who could give a gift greater than this one? I will guarantee you, nobody this year gave you a gift or any year that you've ever lived or that you will live. Nobody has given you a gift this magnificent, this fantastic, this amazing. I was speaking with my youngest son this week. And in our talking about the real meaning of Christmas, in this talk I motioned over to our Christmas tree with all our decorations, just some of our family and some of Christ and some nativities on there with all its beautiful decorations. And I motioned to the presents that were under that tree. And we talked about those presents under that tree. And I told him, almost every present under that tree within one year or less would either be forgotten or lost or broken, etc. Within one year, almost everything you got, I'm not saying everything, but within one year, almost everything that you got this Christmas will be either used up, broken, discarded, forgotten about, or in the trash for some reason or another. Yet, we also talked about this. Jesus Christ, which was God's gift to humanity, he was born almost 2,000 years ago. And the gift that he offers is still being given and still received all over the world. And God's gift in Christ Jesus just hasn't ever gone away or been forgotten or been broken in a year or under. Christ's gift has withstood the test of time and is still being given and received to this very day, December 25th, 2014. God's not like, God's gift is not like those, those perishable things that you will get under your tree. God's perfect gift is not like that, 
that fruitcake everybody always jokes about every week. You know, oh, we got the fruitcake. Or every year people joke about the fruitcake. You know, nobody wants the fruitcake. It's a good cake, but everybody jokes about getting the fruitcake. Well, God's perfect gift is not like any of those things. It's an eternal gift. It's a forever gift. And it's a gift that's been being given from, from 2000, almost 2,000 years ago, and it, it's still being given out, and people are still receiving it to this day. God made it to be this way so that people from the time Jesus lived until the end of the world could find peace, salvation, and redemption in His Son, Jesus Christ. There's no greater gift that anyone has ever given to anyone than this. I mean, we should give God praise and glory for this. His gift is not a perishable one. It's not a few dollars, or it's not $50, or it's not a, a toy, or it's not even a car. Because with even within 20 to 30 years, even a car that you buy most likely will be in a junkyard. All things that you, be given, that you could be given on this earth will all perish, be destroyed, or end up in the trash at some point or another. Yet, not Christ. He gives a perfect gift. How did God's gift come into this world, along with all the amazing details that are surrounding it? I'll tell you this right now. I don't want to summarize the story of the birth of Christ. I don't want to mess anything up. So I'm going to let God tell the story of how he allowed his son with the details around it. And I'm going to allow him to do it himself. I'm going to turn, if you want to turn to Luke chapter 2, we're going to be going through verses 1 through 20. And we're going to talk about the details that are within it a little bit. So If you guys want to turn, you can. If not, you can just... Listen along. Luke chapter 20, verses 1 through 20. God says to us in his word. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. So this would be all the Roman world, the world that the Romans were governing over, that everyone in it should be registered. That meant that they had to kind of let the government know where they were, if they were still alive, or or so on and so forth. Verse 2. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. Tells us the time that it happened. So all, you say all in the area that Rome ruled over, all went to be registered. Everyone to his own city. Now, there were people living in cities that they weren't born in, of course. But when you were supposed to be registered, you had to go to the city that you were born in. So everybody in all this huge region had to be registered in the city that they were born in. That meant that they had to take a trip. Verse 4. So that meant that Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Well, did you catch that little detail? I would have thought that the son of God's parents in the flesh would have had an easy birth. But did they? Absolutely not. Mary and Joseph had to make this trip while Mary was nine months pregnant plus. And as it was while the days that they were there, verse 6, the days were completed for her to be delivered. That meant while she was there, she had to give birth to her son that she was pregnant with. And then she had to make a long, uncomfortable, inconvenient trip all the way to Bethlehem just to be registered 
And in that time, she had her son. Verse 7, And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for him, for them in the inn. Now I would have thought, if it were me and I were God, I would have allowed my son to be born in a castle, in some kind of king's palace. Yet we see here that there was not even an inn to rent a room from. Because guess what? Since the whole region, since the whole area had to be registered, that meant everybody was traveling in from all over the countryside, all over the Roman ruled world. Everybody had to travel, which meant all the people, all the hotel rooms, you say all the inn rooms were all taken up. So Mary and Joseph get there and they couldn't find a room. So they had to go to a stable and they had to have their child in a manger among stinky, nasty, filthy animals. That's how God's son was born. It doesn't look like there was anything more humble than that to me. Because that's that it talk about humility. That shows humility. That 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 just is the picture of humility. Verse eight. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you, you will find a babe, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, an, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. So who were the people? I look at things like this in Scripture. Who were the people that were the first to know about Christ's birth outside of Mary and Joseph? Who were they? Shepherds. Shepherds. Smelly shepherds out shepherding their flocks in the field. They were filthy. They were in the wilderness. They weren't, they weren't kings. They weren't princes. They weren't wise men. They were shepherds. They stayed in the field. That was their home. And who did God decide to reveal His holy begotten Son to first, aside from Mary and Joseph? Some dirty, filthy shepherds. But hey, they were excited for the marriage. Or for, they were excited about the birth. Verse 16. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at the things which they were which were told by them, or which were told them by the shepherds. So who were who were God's first evangelists? These same dirty filthy shepherds living out in the field i would have chosen great i would have chosen great patriarchs or great people to go great orators to go out into the world and tell people about my son's birth but not god he chose these very first people to hear about christ outside of mary and joseph he chose these dirty filthy shepherds to go proclaim the birth of him or his son in the flesh on this earth So Mary, verse 19, kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returning, 
glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen and that was told them. Now, what love and humility God showed us in the way He came and in all the details of His coming. He showed pure humility and pure love in His actions toward mankind. God never came and He could have come into a castle. He could have come into a king's palace and he could have let his message be known by all the rich and all the wealthy and all the powerful people of the world. And Jesus could have been a king on this earth the day he was born in, in, in the day he was born. He could have been a king on the face of this planet. Yet he was a king, but he was king of heaven and earth. He wasn't. He didn't care about being king of all the people on the earth at this moment in time. He came to bring salvation to the world. All this love, all this humility by God Almighty. I mean, think of it. God could have come and said, I'm king. Could have stood on the earth and declared himself ruler over the, all the earth. Yet he didn't. He humbled himself, came in the form of a babe, and came and wrapped himself in the flesh of a human being. And this love and humility that he showed then, he's still the same today. How amazing in that. The Bible says God doesn't change. Remember that Christ's gift continues to go on strong even after almost 2,000 years and not just a year. God's gift from Christ keeps going. God keeps giving out His gift. He's giving out His gift right now. He's offering it this very day. December 25, 2014, He's offering His gift of salvation. Offering His gift of Christ this very day. And He wants to give you this gift this very day if you don't already have it. He wants to invite you to take of His salvation and eternal life right now. But sadly, you know, many today I've found, they don't want it. Many today don't want to do what the Bible says to do in order to get saved. They want to make up false gods. They want to do things of their own. They, they want to enter into the kingdom they think in their own way, but they just won't receive the gift that God gave them through His Son, Jesus Christ, and do it on God's terms and not their own. God was showing me that to this. God was showing me this today as I was preparing for this message that not many people want God's gift anymore. But you know, in the making of this message, God spoke to me the main reason why people don't accept this gift of Christ. And you know what it is, sadly. God showed me. He told me it's because they don't want to humble themselves and give up the control of their lives to Him. They don't want to surrender to Him as Lord of their lives, and they don't want to put their trust completely in Him. They would rather trust in themselves. They would rather trust in the money that they make. They would rather trust in their fancy jobs or their health, which all these things, again, they're wonderful to have, but all these things don't last forever. Anything and everything in this life all is just fleeting. But God showed me sadly that He doesn't ask you to do anything today that He already didn't do for you. What do I mean? He humbled Himself and came as a babe to walk among mankind and, sur and surrendered Himself to the cross to be brutally murdered for you, to save you from hell and from condemnation. That's love. God wants you to surrender to Him, but He's already surrendered for you. 
He's already given up everything of himself just to have you. So if you haven't really surrendered your life to Christ yet today, then I want you to consider making that decision, making that decision for Christ today. God took the first step to show you he loves you by his humility and surrender. Will you humble yourself today and surrender to him and allow him to come into your life today and save your soul and give you a new life with him? I ask you, will you? God paid the highest price for you. Please think about what I just said and think about the love that he showed for you and all that he did coming to earth in humility, in love, wrapping himself in sinful flesh, and then allowing himself one day to be brutally, brutally destroyed in the flesh and murdered on a cross when he could have come down at any moment. And he did this humbly and in love and with his compassion for you. If you'd like to surrender to him today, I want to tell you how to do it. You may hear from just certain churches that all you have to do is just pray this prayer or, or just, you know, ask Jesus into your heart. But you know, that the Bible doesn't say anything like that. There's no such thing as a prayer of salvation in the world today. There's no such thing. It doesn't, it doesn't exist in the Bible, excuse me. It's all over the world, but it's not in the Bible. No such thing as a prayer of salvation. No such thing as accepting Jesus into your heart. That doesn't exist in the Bible. The Bible says if you truly take a step of repentance, Jesus said it like this. Those who desire to come up after me must deny themselves, pick up their crosses, and follow after me. What does all that mean? All those that desire to follow after me must deny themselves, take themselves off the throne of their lives, surrender your life to Christ, surrender, give yourself totally to God, and don't decide not to live for yourself anymore. I want to live for God. Those who don't desire to... Those who desire to follow me must deny themselves. Pick up their crosses, he says next. Pick up your cross. Decide to put to death the deeds of your sinful flesh. I don't want to live for sin anymore. I want to live for righteousness. And last, Jesus Christ says, then come and follow me. To make a decision to say, you know what? I've lived my life all this time for me. I've done my own thing for all the years that I've lived. And where has it gotten me? And you you see, be honest with yourself, it hasn't gotten you anywhere. And then come and follow Jesus. Decide not to live with you in control of your life anymore. Decide to live by living by the teachings of the Bible. And giving God your the lordship of your life. Surrendering your life to Him, deciding to live for Him and not yourself anymore. I hope you don't wait if you're in this category, because you don't know. You may be dead tomorrow. You may live for another 20 years. But either way, your life will run out one day, sooner or later. Your life will end. And then what will you have? If Christ Jesus is not your Lord and you do not live for Him with your life, And He is not your Lord and you are not surrendered unto Him. The Bible says that there is no eternal life for you. You will be suffering eternal torments forever. And you would have heard this message. You would have heard to know what to do. And yet still not chosen to do what God wanted you to do. He humbled Himself for you. Will you humble yourself unto Him and come to Him and surrender yourself to Him today?
I hope you do. And I'll be praying for you. From now on out until the day I die, I'll be praying for you. If you make that decision, go get on your knees in your room, close the door, and cry out to God. And tell Him you're sorry for what you've done. And surrender to Him. And just give your life to Him. And humble yourself before Him. and, And come to Him. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. He's been waiting for you. Been waiting for you your whole life. Now, I don't have much else to say. But I would ask one last thing of all my audience, of all my family, of all my church out there all over the world. I would ask one last thing from you on this glorious Christmas day. This one thing we do as a family, and we did it as a church last year. The sermon is online on SoundCloud. But we sing happy birthday to Jesus every year. It's a tradition. We sing to Jesus because he is the reason for the season. He is the reason why I'm teaching this message. He's the reason why we're sitting in in the church on Christmas Day in the evening. He's the reason why we got the glorious gifts that we got. He's the reason that we can rejoice every day of our lives. I rejoice in him every day. So if you guys would join me, please. And then after that, we actually go and we have a birthday cake for Jesus. My beautiful wife made a birthday cake for Jesus. Now, I can't give you a piece of cake through your speakers if you're listening online, but I can tell you that this cake is so delicious. It's extra special delicious because it's really cool to have a piece of birthday cake in honor of Jesus Christ, your Savior. So since you can't have a piece of birthday cake online or through your computer, what you can do is if you want to start doing this, you can start making this a tradition of your own. Go out and buy a birthday cake or have your wives start making a birthday cake or approach your leadership at your church. And you know what? Say, you know what? I think it'd be cool if we have a birthday cake to Jesus. And maybe you'd like to glorify God too and sing happy birthday to Jesus every year as well too. Anyway, if you guys want to join me, I'm going to count to three and we're going to sing happy birthday to Jesus. You could sing along online or you can just listen along. But we're going to glorify God and we're going to be and we're going to be like David in the book of Psalms. David came back from his, uh, from his great victory and he came back into Jerusalem. And as he was coming back into Jerusalem, he was dancing. And, his, and they looked out and he, and he said, and, he, and his wife saw him and she kind of despised him. But when they started talking about it, he said, listen, I'm going to be even more undignified than this. Because when you sing to God, when you sing with your voice to God, you just get, you just throw the caution to the wind. You know what? I don't care who hears me. I don't care how I sound. When my voice gets to heaven, I'm sure God will be pleased with it. Because he loves me so much. So it doesn't matter how you sound. But if you join me in a, in, a, in, a, in a song to Jesus. Ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday to Jesus. Happy birthday to you, Jesus. Happy birthday, dear Jesus. Happy birthday to you. Praise be to God. Merry Christmas and a soon-to-be Happy New Year. God bless you. And we here at Gospel Saving Church wish you a very Merry Christmas. Please don't forget, Jesus Christ is the reason for the season. If you join me in a word, just a closing prayer. Thank you, dear God in heaven. Thank you for this wonderful time. Thank you that we got to glorify you, Lord, on Christmas Day evening, Lord. It's a little bit different than Christmas Eve. 
But Lord, we gather together and we just lift up your name on high, Jesus. And we know that you are the reason why why we are celebrating this glorious day. So Lord, we thank you that you sent your son into this world to die on that cross, that you sent him into this world to be born of a virgin, to be born as a, as a man. The creator of the world came into the world as a man. Thank you so much, God, for the sacrifices that you have made for us. Thank you so much for all that you have done for us and that you continue to do for us and that you will continue to do for us, Lord. We love you and we praise you and we thank you, Lord. And it's in your honor, in your glory, in your majesty that we sing you happy birthday and we give you praise and honor and glory. Praise be to you, dear God. We ask these things and we pray them all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.